As Jonathan uh, speaks today, um, we're going to look into some scripture, and there'll be two readings. First, we from Psalm chapter 9, and then from Lamentation chapter 3, if you're following along. Psalm 9, 1 and 2. A Psalm of David. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O God most high. From Lamentation. 3, verse 21 to 26. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The unfailing love of the Lord never ceases, and his mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, so I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. May God bless the reading of his word. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you uh, today. So uh, I'm from the Baptist Union. I want to say congratulations and happy 30th anniversary. Um, Woo! What do you do at a party, hey? Fantastic, great cake and great time to celebrate. So you're all part of the church, so probably I should just congratulate you. Well done. Doesn't sound that exciting, does it? But there you go. But I'm from the Baptist Union, and the Baptist Union is made up of 243 Baptist churches just like you, but nothing like you at the same time. Because the Baptist Union of Victoria is a very broad and diverse group of churches. In fact... We're so diverse that today, as people meet, one out of every three of the pastors in those 243 Baptist churches will speak another language than English. So we're a broad, diverse, multicultural group of churches. And the person that leads those churches is Daniel Bullock, the director of ministries. And Daniel Bullock is today leaving for England to look at missional churches over there and he sends you his warm regards and he wants to uh, send his greetings in the name of Jesus and his joy, uh, he wants to share his joy with you for 30 years and pass on his uh, greetings as well. Uh, my, uh, I, I'm married and I have a wife, Mandy, she's on the pastoral team at Sindel Baptist and uh, she looks after life groups and discipleship pathways and we're starting together this week, uh, Alpha, on Tuesday night and she gets me involved in all those things as well. Um, and I have two daughters, Alex, who's 20, 20, she's turning 21 later in the year and she's doing speech pathology at La Trobe Uni and then Georgia, who's 17, doing VCN. So, uh, at the moment, we're coping well, but that's our family. Um, but my role in the Baptist Union is that I'm the head of pastoral leadership, support and development. It's probably the longest title in the BUV, and my you know, business card is really long, so uh, that's good. But really, all it means is that I lead a team of pastors who connect with pastors. There's uh, an eastern region pastor, a central pastor, and a western region pastor. Uh, they meet with numbers of churches in their region. And then I have a generations pastor, Kimberly Smith, who also meets with uh, generations pastors, youth and young adults. And if I'm looking after them, then they're happy, and hopefully the pastors are served well. 
Um, so today, we're just taking some time to talk about giving thanks to God for 30 years. And I want to tell you, my earliest memories as a child are not always good when it comes to thankfulness. I remember being in a church similar like this. I grew up at Baronia Baptist, not far from here. And I can remember times after church where I was standing in front of two grown adults and my parents would be listening and they'd all of a sudden look at me and they'd say, Jonathan, what do you say? And I'd say, please? And they'd say, no, no, what do you say? I'd say, sorry? <laughs> they'd say, no, what do you say? And finally I'd say, thank you. And they say, yes, you should always say thank you. Say thank you. Say thank you. And I think they wanted to teach me that because they know that for kids, thankfulness doesn't come naturally. You have to work at it. I remember when I was 12 years old, after church being invited to one family's house for lunch. And every time after lunch, there would come this moment where they knew that I had to say, thank you very much for the lovely meal. Is there anything I can do to help? <laughs> now, after two or three times of doing this, going around to play with their son, they caught on and they looked forward to the moment. And then I think uh, many times, it was actually John and Eleanor Moore here today, but they ended up bringing out a big long list. You can do the dishes. Then you can mow the lawns. But the one thing that I could not do is not say thank you. Because my parents, when I got home, would say, did you have a good time? Yep. Did you say thank you? Was there anything that you were going to do to help? Did they ask you? And I had to give an account. So thankfulness and me weren't good friends early on. But as I grew up, a funny thing started to happen. I started to realise that what they had drilled into me as a young kid became easier and easier to do in my life. And I can still remember the moment where one of my daughters was standing in church after a service <laughs> and someone said something or gave something to her. And I said, what do you say? <laughs> because the truth is, that even though we get it drilled into us as children, when it becomes natural to us, we are so thankful that it was drilled into us because something happens to thankful people, don't you think? Thankful people start to think about the things that they're given and appreciate them. It starts by just saying, thank you. Uh, then it moves to sometimes spending times where people who are thankful stop and pause and think about the good things that have happened in that day. Some people pray together at the end of the day, thanking God for the things that have happened in the day. And thankfulness becomes something that helps people feel happier. We've just done at uh, Sindel Baptist for people that aren't even ready to come to Alpha. They're, they haven't even been to church yet, but they're people that are willing to come and do something. It's called the Happiness Lab. And in the first week, they have people who give scientific evidence, doctors, that just spending time being thankful makes you happier. 
And it makes sense, doesn't it? We kind of agree that the more thankful we are, the more we're thinking about the things that we've been given, the more happier we become. So I wonder this morning, would you say when it comes to being thankful, are you warm or cold with thankfulness? You know what I mean? Are you warmed up to the idea of being thankful? Or is there something you still have to work up? Because when it comes down to you, generally you're not a very thankful person. You're kind of cold when it comes to thankfulness. There's a little game we used to play when I was a kid. Uh, my brother and sister would be in the room, I'd be in the room, and I'd hide something. And then the only clues I was allowed to give was, you're getting colder, you're getting warmer. Anyone played this game? Okay, now I think I've got a helper here. Tom, is Tom here? Tom, can you come running up? Let's give Tom a big round of applause. Now, the thing is that all the kids have gone out and, and I asked Pete and Pete said, look, the most energetic, fun-like person in the church is Tom. So, Tom, <laughs> this is good news for you, mate. Uh, what we're going to do, the kids are out and I've got, we've got grown-ups, but they look happy kind of people, don't they? They look sure thankful is. kind of people. Well, we're going to try and practice the game. So, um, and I know that Pete's... I've been listening to the podcast, which you all should listen, and I know that Pete's been teaching you how to respond to sermons like if I go... Great. So this is kind of one of those, that was terrible, by the way, but we're being thankful, so let's keep being thankful. But if, if we're going to get you to participate a little bit in this. So if these are my keys, which I'm going to hide in a minute, uh, Tom, that'll be good. So if these are them, now let's just practice all of us together. Uh, Tom, you move and we're just going to say, Warmer, 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 Great. So then at the end, what we want to be doing is going, you're hot, you're hot, you're hot, you're hot. Right. It's a bit me funny saying that to my brother when we were younger, but today we're going to be yelling out by the time we get to it. So let's practice it, shall we? Tom, if you turn around, that's good. And maybe, Pete, would you just go and hide these, mate, somewhere in the room, in the room, where we can all see. Now, everyone's allowed to look at Pete, and you need to know where he is, right? Okay, and Tom, you're not allowed to look. Are you finished over there, Pete? Yeah, good, good, great. Good on you, mate. All right. Are we ready? Now, be enthusiastic, you guys, because it's not going to work unless you do, but we've all got to work together, and so I might take this off because I'm going to be really loud, aren't I? But ready? Let's uh, turn. You can turn around, Tom, and we're gonna we're gonna guide you. Okay. Give Tom a real hand. That was brilliant, mate. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, that was exciting, wasn't it? I, I wonder how hot you are when it comes to thankfulness. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we looked at your week this week, we all figured out what was going on in your mind, would we all go, oh, when it comes to thankfulness, they're hot? Or would it be, we'd say, colder, colder, colder? It's a good question to ask, isn't it? Because I think as we look at the scriptures, 
it is fair to say that the whole New Testament and Old Testament, in fact, if you study the Hebrew word thanksgiving in the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament, you can only really lead to one conclusion, and that is that everywhere and in every situation, God's people should continually give thanks to God. I think it's hard to avoid that as you read the Old Testament scriptures. The one who's created us and redeemed us and led God's people is the one who we should be constantly giving thanks and praise. Are you hot when it comes to thankfulness? Because in these next few moments, I think we're going to look at a few examples and we're going to do that. And I'm hoping, as corny as this might sound, that we'll get warmer and warmer in our attitude of gratitude. Gratitude. Have an attitude of gratitude. Because if we can have an attitude of gratitude, not only will we be thankful for 30 years together, but I tell you what, we'll be happier people. And we'll be doing what God just calls his people to do right through Scripture. And I think if we can do that more in our lives, what different witnesses will be to the people in these surrounding areas, the people we meet together. Do you know, gratitude is simply being thankful. It's, it's showing appreciation for something. It's an inclination to return kindness to someone who's been kind to us. And God wants us to have this attitude of gratitude because it, it helps us actually appreciate the things that we have instead of focusing on the things that we don't have and getting disappointed about that. We're given so much. And when we do slow down in our busy lives, when we do smell the food that we're eating, slowly savour it rather than scoffing it down. Taste the flavours. When we do go out for a walk in in the garden, in the bush, in the park, take deep breaths and be thankful rather than rushing from thing to thing. There is a thankfulness and gratitude that grows up within us. Do you know one person who is really good at giving thanks and praise to God was David. He wrote uh, psalms of praise, songs of praise, so many of them, where he poured out his heart in thanks to God. I love uh, the passage that we read uh, before. I love the way that David declares boldly, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Can you see that on the screen? Why don't we read that out together, shall we? I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. So King David wrote Psalm 9, which is a psalm of praise by the king for God's deliverance of his people. God had delivered his people in the midst of hostile nations. And the king is thankful. David is thankful. He's thankful because God saved them. He's delivered them. He's rescued them. And he feels deeply thankful. 
So he declares, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. Now, the heart in biblical language is the center of the human spirit. And it comes from our emotions, our thoughts, our motivations, our courage, and our actions. And David is saying, I'm going to praise you, God, with all I am. I want to praise you. I want to thank you with all I am. Do you know, uh, praise to God in, uh, the, in biblical language is rarely a matter that's private. It's, it's, it's rarely just between the psalmist and, and God. Usually it's a public matter. And usually thanksgiving and praise would take place in the temple where God's character, where his saving actions, where the things that he had done, uh, who he is, is declared before God's people and people rejoice together. He, he writes, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell. I won't just keep it quiet what God's done. I want to share with other people. It's good to share when God's been good, isn't it? And what is he going to tell? What is he going to declare to other people in the temple or wherever he is? It's God's wonderful deeds. He's going to sit down. He's going to think about it. He's going to declare the great things that God has had. He's going to declare them with all of his heart. No wonder David was just such a thankful, worshipful person because he really thought about God's deeds and he thought and he gave thanks. Here we are together, church, Kilsyth South Baptist Church, 30 years anniversary. You feel thankful? You reckon God's done some good and wonderful deeds these last 30 years? I reckon he really has. And I think it's been great already to see people come and actually put an envelope of thankfulness, you know, to have a cake here, to, to be able to sing praises to God, you know, uh, with all, I, all, all that I am, I think was one of the words, you know, that we sung this morning. And to be able to pause and to celebrate this, you put it in the calendar, Pete. It's, it's down. I was booked a long time ago to be here. We've got our 30th anniversary. Let's go. What do you think if we're going to have an attitude of gratitude and really think about our thankfulness this morning? Would be great to give thanks for these 30 years. I reckon as we look back, it'd be good to together be grateful for God's faithfulness. I think it would be good for us to think together, how can we have a gratefulness for God's faithfulness, for all that he's done over the years faithfully, year after year, in, our, in the church together? And as I thought about that and looked through some of the archives of the BUV and tried to find out a bit more about you and what God's been doing um, in, in this church, I reckon the first thing is that we can be really grateful for God's faithfulness in using people. He, he really has used many people uh, over these 30 years. Um, 
there was a church planting task force which started meeting in 1988 at Heathmont Baptist Church. They, they started to meet together. And uh, the people in that group included the Reverend John Wright and Rex Hayward. Rex is here this morning. I, I saw him. And uh, Lois and John Purser. And I think Lois is here as well. And, and they came together with Wally Gill as well. And they developed plans and strategies to enter into a new housing development in a place called Canterbury Gardens. And, and they thought, this is a new area and there's no churches in the region. And we want to have a church in that region. And they did demographic studies. They looked and they thought, who are the people that are moving into those areas? How many are people, is it an area that's growing and is this a good place? And they did those demographic studies. Leaflets were dropped, thousands of them were dropped into homes and a public meeting was held on the 12th of September, 1988. Would anyone show up? Do you know how many people came? I bet you do. Can anyone remember? 68 people turned up to the public meeting just to see whether there should be a church there and people who had stepped out with courage and faith thought, oh, this could happen. This is, gonna, this is something. So on the 12th of February, 1989, Heathmont Baptist commissioned the Reverend John Wright to go and to start this work. And they sponsored the new church plant. And they helped purchase the land. And when you think about 30 years of Kilsai South Baptist, I think that's been the continued direction of the people of this church there are so many people that have been godly people that have served in ministries in leadership many people that have said i'll be able to fold the news sheet i'll be able to greet people i'll be able to do the cleaning i'll be able to run a small group a life group i'll be able to do things because in the end the church is not the building it's the people and people have given and given week in week out for 30 years and i think it is great to be able to honour uh, the people who started out early on. And Rex and, and Lois, you're here this morning. John Purser, I think he's sick this morning, isn't he? And not here, not able to be here. Is, and Wally Gill, I don't know about Wally. But if you're here, Rex and, and Lois, could you just stand where you are? We just want to see you. Is that Okay. Can you just stand up where you are? Thanks, Lois. And Rex, are you? We just want to say thank you. Let's just say thank you. You showed courage and faith with those that were here too at that time. And we just want to say thank you so much for what you've done. But not just to these, because they symbolise all the people of this church that have showed courage and faith in stepping forward. So we want to be grateful this morning for God's faithfulness through people. Uh, some of the photos, if we just go back a few, Joe. Um, this was the one before. Yep, go one before that. This is the meeting in the Basin Progress Hall that happened. Uh, so 30 years ago, they started meeting on Sundays in the Basin Progress Hall. And uh, there's uh, people, uh, it's a great beginning in, a, in that place. And that's where they, they started. And it's fantastic to see um, that, that early photo. The next photo, of course, is people that all they had was a sign that said, this is the site for a new church 
a proposed church. It hadn't even begun yet, and yet the sign went up in faith. This is it. This is it. And then obviously there's the, the later building developments that have come, which have been a wonderful sense where people have continued to lead those and support and to volunteer their time and to, for you have given generously. It's been people that have been uh, faithful in this church that God has used greatly. And aren't we thankful? That's great. I think the second thing that I think we can be grateful for God's faithfulness in is in partners. God has used partners in this church for many, many years. And they're listed there. Did you know early on, when people in Heathmont were thinking about this, the Baptist Union was asking people to contribute funds from different churches. And people from many different churches gave funds so that new ventures, new churches could be planted. So there were people in churches that uh, were existed then that gave so that this church could one day exist. The Kickstart program, it was called. And people gave generously from all the churches so these areas could grow. And then there was a group called the Baptist Union of Victoria, which I've heard of before. And they took those funds together and they started to meet with the people in Heathmont. And, you know, Heathmont at that stage, they wanted to have a big new development of their church. And and it was a tough decision. But together, the Evangelism Committee of the Baptist Union with Heathmont Baptist talked down and said, let's have a five-year plan so that in five years you might be able to help plant this church, sponsor this church, this to happen, and do a redevelopment. And so they did that. And they started the plans. So partnerships were happening. And we don't need to speak, but we sh- we've got to speak about Heathmont Baptist. Can you imagine how hard it is to give up your people to go and plant another church? But the generosity, they not only did that, but they so heavily supported the purchase of the land here. And they gave so much so that that could happen. And it was wonderful. And, and it's been terrific to see that happen. Heathmont Baptist actually end up saying, you can ha- we'll give you our pastor. <laughs> He's experienced and he can go and make sure that this really starts really well. And then other churches in the area, I was talking to John just before uh, the service, John Moore, and he remembers he was on the diaconate, the Baronia Baptist Church at the time that was come and asked, would it be all right if we started and planted a church here? And you know what the Baronia Baptist Church said? Yes. They said, that's good, that's fine. And so did other churches. So partnership has been a huge part that we can be grateful for God's faithfulness over 30 years. There's been others that have been involved in helping. And I think a third thing this morning that we are grateful for God's faithfulness in, and that's in using pastors. This church has had a great track record of pastors. And I don't think that's just the pastor's fault. I think a good church supports and encourages and you know brings out the best in their pastors but over 30 years where some churches have had you know 15 pastors you have had three and you're on to your fourth and that is wonderful senior pastors doing that and obviously in our days there's whole teams that are working with the senior pastor which is fantastic but we give thanks today for you know John and Judy Wright from 1989 to 1996. Graham and Isabel Nielsen, 1997 to 2005. For Tim and Sonia Dyer, 2006 to 2018. And Pete and Solari Nielsen and their families. 
And what a joy it is to see you here, fresh, excited at the 30-year mark and looking forward to what God is going to do in the future. You know, it's a new season for the church. It's a new time. And after 30 years, you know, uh, I don't know, many churches could say, well, we've got a lot and we're happy and it's great and isn't that good? But, you know, people who are thankful show kindness in other ways. And I think it's great, Pete, for you to wrestle with the leaders here in the years to come, to think how can you be, a, this church continue to be a blessing to others. I think we all would know that just anecdotally, it seems that Australians, you know, as we've heard this morning, our missionary friends say, you know, all of the people that have come to the Lord out of the 53, 50 of them were, were people from overseas. It seems that Australians aren't being reached through the gospel as easily as they were in the past. A great pastor needs to wrestle with the congregation of how we can take this life-changing gospel to the people here. And it's not going to be how it always has been. You have to try and fail and try and fail. The unchanging gospel needs to be continually presented in ways that people around this church in this region can understand and respond to. Because one thing our faithful God has not changed in is that he loves lost people and wants them to come to know him. And he sent his son to die on the cross. And for us who have put our faith and trust in him and known when Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, when we've known what it is to be forgiven, to have new life and to live as thankful, grateful people, oh, we long for that to happen for other people around here. You know, today there are still people that are serving in this church and looking to the future. And I think we can have, you can have hope. The Baptist Union is still looking for partners to partner in other areas where today uh, a lot of new developments are starting, particularly over in the West. And the developers are saying, we are not giving any space for churches or synagogues or temples. No. So we have to say, well, how are we, who live in the eastern suburbs, where are our kids going to have churches if they keep moving out and there's no other churches planting new churches? Are there questions to have, to to grapple with, just like people did in the past? And then uh, as we look uh, to continue to say, how can we support our pastor as we look to the future? People, partnerships and pastors uh, pastors are things that we can be thankful for together uh, today. And I think the second, the last passage we just want to quickly look at this morning is this here where uh, we think it's Jeremiah's writing this, Lamentations. And the words that he writes are, are written in the midst of a series of laments. A lament's a passionate expression of grief or sorrow, wailing, moaning, groaning, sobbing. It's loud, it's sad, painful. Oh no, God! It, it's really, it's the, from the depths, just like, like David was crying out with thankfulness. Well, this is the opposite that's happening in these lamentations. And the verses surrounding these verses are laments. The city of Jerusalem, the royal city of the Lord's kingdom, 
had been destroyed in 586 BC and the words of sorrow uh, are spoken to the Jews who have, t- have been taken from their city and they're in exile in, in Babylonia. And the author shows, as these words hit the page, that he understands clearly that the judgment that has happened, God has been the one that's been judging his people. God had brought judgment on Jerusalem and the temple because of their sin and rebellion of God's people. Yet through the tears, the author comes to a point of praise right in the midst of this high point of the book. And he says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. His compassions never fail. They'll be good words to hang on to in Sri Lanka, wouldn't they? They're good words to hang on to as we think about this church sharing the gospel in this region when it might not have been as easy as it has been, but God's compassions never fail. He still loves the people here. He still wants them to come to know him. They are new every morning, every day we get up. Look for those compassions. Look for those things. Great is your faithfulness, he writes. Great is your faithfulness. You can imagine him writing it with intention. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I wait for him. Kilsyth South Baptist, we think you're a great church at the Baptist Union. We love what God has done here, in and through you, over so many years. And we think that God is faithful. And as you continue to serve him faithfully in this region, we believe that there's so much more great work ahead. We're pleased. You picked a good pastor. That was fantastic. And we know that God's been right in, in, in behind that. But we're excited for that. So, Tom... I need you, brother. Come up here again, mate. Because I thought it'd be good to finish off making it a bit more complicated, our game. We're going to hide gratefulness and then we're going to hide faithfulness. And we get to faithfulness. Would you just, you know, play the game and stand up and cheer, you know? (laughs) Because it taking your heart, not only that we've found this one, you know, so we'll find this one first, then we'll move on to this one, all right? And as we do that, let's stand up and cheer and give thanks to God for his faithfulness uh, through the whole 30 years and having our hearts the hope of what he's going to do for the future. So you ready to play? Yeah, yeah this is great. Okay, Tom, you ready? Uh, yeah, great. Thanks. We've got two people. So we're going to go. When you see this, remember who's got gratefulness first? Faithfulness. So we're going to go to gratefulness first and then faithfulness. You got that? Any questions? No one's confused? No? Good, good. You can feel the anticipation. Does everyone remember where they are? So we've got that? Good. Okay. Now, if you were ever going to get vocal, you, you, if you're an AFL fan, you know there's been a lot of booing going on lately. <laughs> Not this morning. This is where we want cheering going on, okay? But only if he's going in the right direction, all right? 
Well, let's, uh, let's play the game. Tom, you're a champion. Thanks for doing this. And we're going to try and help you. So now we're going to help you find great... Let's keep standing, shall we? Let's stand and we'll give God praise for all that he's done for these last 30 years. And let's pray together, shall we? God, we want to thank you this morning. We know that our inclination is not to be thankful, but this morning we have so much to be thankful for. God, would you give us an attitude of gratitude for all that you've done in the last 30 years and on into this week, help us to savour and thank you for the people that have impacted our lives from this church, the moments where you've revealed more of yourself to us through messages or through services or people or ministry. And God, we thank you that this is not the end. There's a great future ahead. And we can only barely even imagine what a church that's grateful and thankful will impact in this community. So God, we look to you. We thank you for all you've done. And we have faith that you have great things in store for the future. We love you. We trust you. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.